Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, everybody. It's me, Bonnie Somerville. Welcome back to Second Act. Very excited that you are still with me. Don't forget to download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I have to say that. They make me say that. and I'm already bored of myself. But do that so that I could keep going and give me a five-star review because apparently these things are important, kind of like Oscars, but not really because no one really cares, but other people do. So do that for me and don't forget to follow my new Instagram page. It's second underscore act underscore podcast on Instagram and also my personal is Bonds with a Z, Somerville, on Instagram. And um, I've been hearing from a bunch of you. I want to hear more from you and get some questions and stuff so I could do the um, question and answer segment that I really want to do, which is probably, I don't know if that's a good idea or a bad idea, but it's probably a good idea because I have no shame and I'll answer anything pretty much. Um, So do that. My next guest is an awesome guy. He's been working forever. He has had so many acts, which is part of why I find him so fascinating, um, like people that have had to pivot and start over and get over injuries or get over loss or get over failure. That's what this whole entire podcast is about. And he has had so many amazing acts. He is the very handsome and talented Lachlan Munro. I tried to say that with a Scottish accent, Loch. Lachlan Marro. No, that was terrible. Um, and you probably know him from Riverdale, which was like bananas huge. And he's just an awesome guy. And here you will hear us talk about everything. So uh, open and honest and warm. And hope you enjoy this, my interview with Lachlan. I'm very excited. My next guest, uh, which has very, I have to say, I'm partial to Scottish men. <laughs> uh, I do have a little, I'm Scottish myself and very sexy name. Um, somebody who has done everything. Talk about second act. This, this is the type of person that I want to talk to because he has had a million of them. Everybody, please welcome Lachlan Monroe. Did I say that right? <laughs> Did I say that right? That was perfect. No, you I say it. Lachlan, Lachlan Monroe. Lachlan Monroe. There you go. Oh, sexy. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Bonnie. Such oh. a pleasure. Such a pleasure. Oh, thank to, you. To thank you for you. coming on. Oh, gosh. Are you kidding? I, I, I love it. I, I was so excited that uh, when uh, Angie asked me to, uh, to do this with you. And yeah, thank here you. we so- are. Let's say Angie, we'll give it a little shout out, is yes. our is our mutual manager. Yes, of course. Who I, I adore. Yeah, she's absolutely and, fantastic. And she is lit talk about a fan of yours. I mean, I mean, really a big fan. And and I I adore her. So thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. You've been you're so busy. You're all over the place. You you're actually one of the few like really, really working actors like right now. No, I, I don't say that with jealousy. I say that with like praise. Well, yes, because, um, you know, we've both been in the game a long time. And, and, you know, you have to have, like I have 
utmost mutual respect for people that have been in this game as long as we have, because it's not easy. Everyone, everyone thinks it's like, you know, you get a couple of movies under your belt and it's clear sailing and they have no idea, you know, they have no idea. And part of the impetus for the show, I don't know. Well, I, I, I know you like probably looked it up, but it, it came at a time when I had been fired from my very first show at 42 and I had this streak of like, I was that girl that literally couldn't not get a pilot, you know, yeah. uh, uh, you know, uh, couldn't not get a job or, or a deal. Mm-hmm. And then personally, everything crashed, uh, you know, stepdad died, uh, show got canceled, dropped my managers of 20 years. And I just hit this funk and, and I'm sure you can relate. Um, but people like us, like you say, that have been doing this a long time. Um, you know, not being married, you know, you know, that whole thing. I just was in such a funk. And my best friend was like, you know, you just need to find your second act. And I was like, how many people have stories of inspiration like you? And we'll get into that all the stages of your life that like what you thought was going to be your job. Mm-hmm. And then what do you do? Like, y- you can't just sit down and do nothing. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So can we talk about your origins and how you started as a super jock? (laughs) Was that your, was that your first title? I didn't really feel like I had any choice. You know, I, um, I grew up in the Northern part of Canada in British Columbia. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm I'm kidding. Yeah, really. I'm sorry. I love I, I, uh, it was, I grew up, I grew up in a town where I was the only kid in grade one. What town did you grow up in? Uh, it's a little town called Lac Lahash, which means Lake of the Axe. And um, that near Edmonton, I'm just curious. No, no, this uh, Edmonton's in Alberta. I'm uh, I'm on the other side of the Rocky Mountain Range there. Okay, okay, Sorry. okay. And let me just tell you, that was just such a typically American thing you just said. You know? No, that. don't say that. Now I hate myself. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's just I always poke fun at all my good friends in the Ugh. states. They'll say, hey, Locke, I'm in uh, Calgary doing a film. Let's grab some coffee. And I'm like, you're a time zone in a mountain range away from me. Can I just say really quickly, being from Brooklyn, I do get that a lot. Everybody assumes that we all know each other and that we all talk like this and like, oh, your dad, you know. So I apologize for my ignorance, (laughs) but I get it. So, um, okay, so where where this would be um, is just about seven hours north of Vancouver is where I grew up. And um, so very small town. And I grew up on a lake. I grew up on a big 12 mile lake. So really, uh, my winter sports were, you know, we'd shovel off the ice and I skated. And so I became proficient at that only for that's my hobby It was my hobby. And then it turned into into sort of um, something that I thought I was going to do for my whole life. And you were really good. uh, I mean, I, I guess. Yeah, I was just good because I did it a lot, you know, like. Humble, humble Canadian. So, um, yeah. (laughs) And uh, so I I moved on to play. I moved away from home at 15 and I moved around to play on sort of elite, like um, in these teams. And um, so what happened was I broke my femur really bad. I broke my femur when I was 18 years old and it really, you know, kind of a really bad time in a, in a sort of athletic career to break a bone like that and for how long it takes to heal. And, but up until then, you know, I, I also played music in high school. So I want to get into that after we do have that in common. 
Right. Okay. So, so yeah. So what, what point in well, your career athletically though, did this happen? Did this happen when like people were like scouting when, when you were like, okay, yes, I'm going to be pro. Exactly. Yeah. So, so right at the moment. Right. So being scouted for, you know, the NHL being scouted for colleges in the States, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And um, so when I broke my leg, I decided that I would, you know, I had nothing to do. So I thought, you know, I was a drummer singer in high school bands. Uh, I really enjoyed that aspect of things. I had to kind of put it on the back burner because of how much time I needed to devote to sports. Mm-hmm. And so I, while I was laid up, I taught myself to play guitar and I fell in love with it. And so I didn't go back to hockey. I started to, I started to play music around pubs and places around Vancouver and up at like the Whistler ski resort, you know, Whistler black home. Yes, yes. And so I used to play pubs and stuff up there. And I started to meet people in the arts and entertainment industry right around sort of 86 or so. Yes. And that's right. When Stephen Cannell brought up like 21 jump street and all those shows. And so those were the first shows that I ever started to audition for. Yeah. And um, by the way, not to fangirl out, but yeah. the fact that you were on 21 jump street is for me, a 46 year old woman, kind of a big deal. Well, yeah, we all had a, I had a man crush on Johnny too. I'm aging, I'm aging myself, but like, yeah, yeah. Well done. Yes. So uh, can I just ask you, do you remember the moment that like that happened with your leg? Like, is that, I'm just curious, like, do you remember that, that moment? Like, was that like, um, not a second act thing, but was that one of those things? Cause I've had them that you're just like, Oh shit. Like, do, do you remember consciously going, this might be not workout or, 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 or were you not? I was laying on the ice in the game because it happened during the game. And I remember laying there going, okay, this isn't just a moment where I take my breath and it was a little stinger and you walk it off. I, I was on the ice thinking, wow, I've never had this sort of pain and I don't know what this is. So they called, uh, you know, I had to be taken off stretcher and, you know, it's just, so I was lucky that I was lucky that one of the team owners um, was very good friends with tons of the people involved in the Vancouver Canucks at the time. And so I went right from the ice to Vancouver general hospital and I had the orthopedic surgeon from the Vancouver Canucks actually did my yeah. surgery. Now were you pro or, or you were, well, see, I was playing um, at that level of, um, just underneath kind of like, uh, but, but, but everybody was like, everyone's going pro. Well, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, I, I mean, know. I, mean good, I was a good player, you know, would I've gone pro, you know, 800 people, plan. 800 people play in the NHL. That's the tough odds. Right. But, so but I, not- but I would have definitely gone on whether it be maybe go to Europe and play pro maybe to go play in the AHL. It doesn't always have to be the NHL, but but, you know, here's the thing. You remember is that, that moment? You remember that moment of going, oh, shit, this might not be the plan. Yeah. And yeah. I especially remember it while I was trying to heal and trying to get back because it just took forever. Just took forever. I had one more season to kind of prove myself. And I just realized that, man, I, I, I'm not going to get back in time for these scouts to actually go, OK, this is our guy. So I was really lucky that I really sort of fell in love with the music again. You but, know, and, and was your family, I'm just curious, because like we can go the once we get into the music, yeah, yeah. we have that come. Um, was your family and surrounding people, were they pressuring? Like, were they no. pressuring? No, they were like, if you don't want to do this, you don't want to do this. Yeah, for sure. I never, I've never been, I've never been pressured by my family for anything uh, with okay. even the industry. Like I'd never had any pressures of, 
are you sure you really want to try and be an actor? You know, they're like, no one gave me that. You know? Lucky you. Wait, yeah. did you guys at least win the game or what? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> okay, so you're in the hospital, you're, yeah. you're, you're healing and, you're, and, you, and you start doing music, you teach yourself yeah. guitar. And was that uh, like, a, like a, an act? Like I always, I always think of my life as act breaks, like hence oh, second definitely. act. Was that, was that an act break where you went, huh? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. That yeah, happened then. Yeah, I just like it. And it made me realize how much I used to love it. And, and once I got into sort of um, taking theater and doing uh, classes and just being involved, I realized, I realized then that even when I was a teenager, how much movies affected me way more than any of my friends. And I realized that then. So, you know, so by to, the time you were healed with your leg, you mm -hmm. were like, okay, I don't want to be an athlete. Yeah. I decided that, um, I decided that I wanted to go Not. a different direction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then so, where did you go after that? What was your, so I, okay. So I was in Vancouver at the time and I started to meet a lot of people through, through the arts, uh, just because of the music. And they were, you know, all of a sudden people are like, you know, we, 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 we do this, uh, we take these classes. We, and the fun, the funny thing is, you know, um, we, my first classes were that were with an actor named Peter Breck who played <laughs> Barkley on, uh, the, um, you know what I, the show I mean? Uh, yeah. with Majors was his brother and yeah. What's it's a green, it wasn't green acres. Was it? No, it was, uh, was it Anna green Gables? No. Uh, gosh. He was he was the brother that always wore the leather vest at Cowboy yes, Show. Yes, I'm, I'm 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 blanking. I am too. I'll I'll figure it out. Um, and so I started to take these classes and just fell in love with it. And we started to perform and do all these um, showcases and and uh, plays. And you were playing in pubs at the same time. Yes, exactly. And I was and I got a waiter job at night as well. You know, to to just kind of keep everything going. And um, and then um, this is it. This is it. I don't know. I just kept going. I never, you know, I think I was just naive enough not to give myself a plan B, you know, I think that's what it might've been. That's what I, so question though, was there any part of you? And I'm just curious. Cause um, I asked this from a lot of my actor friends uh, and like me, when the at, when the athlete, when the hockey thing went away, um, was there any part of you at all that was like, uh, hanging on to it or we, or, oh, or, or were you yeah, just yeah. like, sure. Were you, were, were you like that train left the station? Yeah. See? Yeah. That's how it's it was really weird. I never, like, I mean, I love the sport. The yeah. cool thing is, is that I, you know, through being able to do TV shows and movies and stuff, I've been, I've played in so many amazing like charity hockey games with. Yes. I read that about you. My oh, God. Gosh, like everywhere I've played in every, I've played in every, every NHL building that I could ever dream about playing in as a hockey player. Right. So Boston garden, Philly spectrum, Madison square garden, you name it. Like just you get the perks of being an actor, right. And going to yeah. those places. So lucky. Yeah. So, so now so, you're at this place. So you're, you're doing the music um, mm -hmm. and you're taking the classes now. And I'm, I'll, I'll, this is where we have in common. So I had a record deal before I was an actress, right. I was 17 but I always wanted to be an actress, but I was in a band and I was discovered and I was from Brooklyn, no money. And it was kind of like, my mom was like, okay. But in the back of my mind, even though everyone was like, oh my God, you're an amazing singer. I was like, but I want to be an actress. Like, even when things were going, did you have that? Like when you were singing, when you were in a band, did you have that? Like, but I think I kind of want to be an actor. 
Um, you know what? I, um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Because I mean, I, gosh, I mean, I, I think I was pretty good at, you know, I think I have an okay voice. I think I play guitar pretty well. And we were just, you know, every once in a while we do songs we've written, but we did a lot of covers. I was just playing pubs, but I enjoyed it. Right. It was just, yeah. I was making money playing, playing some music. Yeah. So I don't think I was quite at your level at that, but when I got involved in the film stuff, I was like, that's when I realized I was like, Oh my God, yeah. like, I, this is like, I think what I was meant to do. And did people ask you, like people always asked me, um, cause I had a song on the garden state soundtrack that I wrote and it, you know, won the Grammy best soundtrack and it was a blessing, but people would ask me, especially, I, I know, you know, as a musician, my fiance is a musician. He loves music. Like people mm -hmm. that really love music, they always say, why don't you sing more? And, and did people say to you like, but you should write, like some people have a hard time going, why would you choose acting over music right because some people yeah, are really yeah. like if you could be a musician that's the right i know i know even as actors sometimes we we always say that right like musicians want to be actors actors want to be musicians yeah. i could definitely must say i can definitely say now um, as much as i love my job i mean to stand in front of a live uh, audience in Madison Square Garden and just to play one power a chord over over an amplifier over the amps i mean just give me that once just let me do a one power A chord and I'll walk off just happy. My, my fiance is sitting over there and he just went. Right? Yeah. Could you imagine just oh. Oh, Les Paul or Fender? Uh, I play Fender, yeah. Tellies and strats, man. Tellies and strats, you know. You know what? You know what my fiance got for Christmas? A Fender bass. Just not oh. not I don't want to say I'm the best fiance ever, but that's awesome. I well, am. tell tell Dave my dream amp is a 212 music man. Tell, tell me he knows someone who has one for me. I, I don't know anyone that has one, but let's track one down. Let's track one down. Oh my gosh. So, 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 okay. so, so you had that, I, I'm, I'm only asking cause I'm not every actor is a musician, but I would literally be on sets and, and actors would be going, and you and I started back in the day. I always try to explain this. You and I started back in the day where you couldn't be everything, remember? It was like, if you're a musician, uh, if you're a model, you're, you know, you're right. going to do a soap opera. Um, sure. If you do commercials, you're never going to be a real actress. If you're a music, like, remember that those days? Sure. If you do TV, you don't do movies. If right. you do and now we're look, I'm looking at these kids on Instagram. I'm going, you, it's, it's, it's so unfair because we were so oh, boxed, yeah. boxed in, but I had people going, why would you want to be an actress if you sing all the time? And I don't know if you had this, I could never explain like, I love music. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a music freak, but like something about acting, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's funny, isn't it? Because, you know, really you, you can, you portray characters when you sing through emotion or whatever your dialogue is or whatever lyrics you've written, but there's just something about jumping into another skin, right. And playing someone else. Yeah. I've tried to explain it. I mentor a couple of young girls and, and they're like, but you can sing and, you know, you can play guitar and, and it is, it is an amazing talent, but it's curious talking to a musician who did it in pubs like I did. And I waited tables and I, yeah. I would have conversations on sets where they'd go, why aren't you like, you can sing, like, why would you want to do this? And I'm curious, you get it. Like, I couldn't explain, like mm -hmm. singing to me is an amazing um, and writing music is an amazing experience, but 
stepping into someone else's I, I can't, I don't know. Can you explain? I, I just, I'm always, I'm always trying to explain. It's, it's different, right? Yeah, because it's a way of uh, expressing yourself. Uh, and like, a, maybe for me, like, I know sometimes I love playing characters when I know that that character is a hard, is hard for me to portray because, of, you know, maybe because I have, you know, I may not be able to be vulnerable or I may. And so when I can play emotions through other people that I can't always do it as myself, I think that's what the, that's what it's all about. You know? So when did you get to the place where you really got to, okay, no more music acting. Was that another act? That's another act. Okay. Well, okay. So let's go to, which will be interesting because I know you're a 21 jump street fan. So oh my God. I'll tell you a really funny story then. So I went for my very first audition in Vancouver for the TV show, 21 Jump Street. So I'm uh, basically, um, so I go to my audition. I, my first audition ever, I booked the part. So I booked my very first audition. Isn't that crazy? So I'm, I'm on set and I'm looking around my first day on set, my first day ever being paid as an actor. I'm like, wow, this is like, I can't believe it. I, I'm getting paid as an actor. I'm standing on the set, looking around, and a guy comes up behind me, taps me on the shoulder, and he goes, hey, bro, I'm, uh, I'm just heading out to grab a Coke from Craft Service. You want anything? I go, uh, no, I'm, I'm good. Thanks. Uh, he goes, oh, hey, I'm, I'm Johnny. And I went, oh, hi, hi, Johnny. I'm Lachlan. And he, and he walked away from me. I swear to you. I'm not, I'm, this happened in 1987. I remember the moment. He walked away from me, and I remember watching him walk away going, Holy shit, I'm not sure what a movie star is, but I think I just met one. I think I just met one because I didn't know who he was. No, nobody did. But I'll tell you, over the years of 21 Jump Street shooting in Vancouver, I did five or six episodes, right, of different characters. Okay? Right. right. So I kind of got, I did this one great episode that Mario Van Peebles directed, mm-hmm. and it was like a fame episode, and it was when Richard Grieco came on the show the first year. And so I got to play drums in Johnny's band. Oh right. no way! Yeah, that was a cool episode. It won some awards. Oh, it was it was called High High, like H I G H apostrophe H I G H, and it was so much fun because that's I got to play this character named Kirby, and I'm, I'm like playing drums and Johnny's in the music, and you know, so we're in the music section of the Fame School, and Johnny's in there undercover, but he's playing guitar, and you know what I mean? It was just so yes. much fun. So and, surreal. So and surreal. he was just so like man crush, like everyone wanted to be that guy. And I swear to God, he was the one that started the grunge movement, I think, in Seattle, because oh, he dressed like that. He dressed like that way before, way before um, um, uh, Pearl Jam and all those guys dressed like that. You yeah, know, he, he always he always was that that oh. bad boy. He did you did it. you get to talk like um, real music with John? Like, did you ever have um, just a, like, you know here and there? Because he, you know, I got to tell you, he was so non interested in being on that show. Oh, that's what I heard. Right, and and I look at it. I look at that two ways because I go, you know, that was a big stepping stone for him to carry on to what he's doing. Though, who's to say that that would never happen? Because the guy really is uber talented, right? I mean, you, but you look at his choices in movies, right, Bonnie? And I got to tell you, like, he is a true artist. Like, he could have, he could have sold out into playing anything that Hollywood wanted him to play. And oh, look yeah. at the body of his work. It's pretty amazing. It is amazing. But it's like what you and I, Lachlan, were just talking about. Like, he was, because when you and I started, yeah. like, 
when we I was in a box, they were like, well, you can't be a model and, and uh, you know, be uh, anything. Then I broke that box. Then they were like, well, you're a singer. You can't be an actress. He was one of the first, like a George Clooney. Yeah. That broke, you know, did that TV to film thing. Yeah, and and people young, these young kids today don't realize that that was like, like, I remember my agent going, yeah, if you do this, you can't do this. And it's like yeah. now, nowadays, these kids, I mean, it's, it's, it's just such a different world, right? Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah. Yet YouTube stars are becoming film stars, right? It's don't crazy. Get me don't get me started. Don't get, you're, you're nice and you're Canadian. So I know you won't <laughs> talk trash. Um, but um, yeah, so that was my first. Um, okay. So that was your first. Okay. So talk about acts, right? So, so hockey, Music, Twenty One Jump Street. So, so that's a big second act. I, I keep I call them all second act because there's yeah. second act to me means everything. So that was a huge second act, right? And yeah, because yeah, it was a it was a transform. It's a life transformation. That right. was game changer. And it was all over. Really, if you believe in it or not, it was kind of a divine intervention because maybe if I didn't break my leg, I wouldn't have found this path. But because I broke my leg, I found this path. Right. Well, I have a lot to say on that too, about like, you know, my life experience, like if I hadn't gone through all the pain I'd gone through, I know for a a fact, I wouldn't have met my fiance now. And, 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 and I'm now this 46 year old poster child for like getting engaged and getting married. And like, I truly was like, no, that's never going to happen for me. And I was a bridesmaid and have five God children, but I truly believe everything that I had to go through to get to this bottom pit to this podcast it's it it had to happen because I Mm -hmm. you know a little spoiled things coming easy whatever it is so you get 21 jump street now were you were you signed did you have reps at the time um yes I did I actually um I had a rep in Canada who came out and watched our showcases that we used to do um from the from the uh from the uh Peter Brex Academy. Uh, uh-huh. Peter, so, and she asked me if uh, I would like to be rep for film and television. And I said, yeah, sure. That'd be great. And that woman is still my agent in Canada. <gasps> no way. 33 years. No way. Yeah. In Canada? In Canada. Yeah. God, does she want to take on an American girl? <laughs> I'm looking for Canadian. You know, I love that so much. And, 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 and that like, makes me a little sad. I mean, like this whole podcast is about being honest. Like one mm-hmm. of my biggest um, transitions, mm-hmm. I parted ways with my man, my managers of, of 22 years. And mm-hmm. um, I love that you're still with your team because I, it was, I think worse than a, a divorce, worse than a breakup. Cause you yeah. know, they are your, they know everything. Yeah. 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 But it, but it had, but again, Sometimes yeah. you have to walk through painful things. Like you had yeah. to have a painful leg break. Speaking of which, you are the actual embodiment of break a leg. Yeah, exactly. When people say, hey, break a leg, I'm like, well, yeah. You're like, been there, done that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Talking about 21 Jump Street, which I'm so fanning out because <laughs> I know that you did that. And 46 years, that was the ladies, young ladies. You don't realize that was the show like it was it mm-hmm. and you did five episodes of that show six five 
Yeah, five or six. Yeah. And that and so do you think like, again, was that your act? Was that like a boom? Was that like a like for me, I, friends you know was a game changer? I don't think so yet. I um, what what happened after that is um, in Canada, I did a TV show in Canada for four years. That was a Canadian show. Uh, it was called uh, Northwood. Oh, and it yes. Was sort of, yes. So, I, I know about yeah. Northwood. So yeah. that was sort of like um, a, a 90210 of Canada. Yeah. And it was a big show because it was on CBC and, 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 you know, Canadian television is a little different. Like CBC is something that everyone in Canada gets because it's that kind of station. Um, and that so. Heartthrob, that was your first heartthrob status. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I get know it. about that show. So, uh, so then from there, I ended up uh, doing, um, you know what, uh, from there, I actually did this at the same time. So I was very fortunate. I, I put myself on tape uh, for, for Clint Eastwood, and I ended up in the movie Unforgiven. I was going to mention it, but right. now that you did. Okay, well, I'm sorry. But that, that was kind of the first, like, that was my first do you think that um, was your act? Like when I say right. second act, like I like at that point, I was like, when I was on that set, I was like, man, I this feels like this is how Hollywood works, right? Okay, yeah. So I was going to ask you about that. So that yeah. that is uh, part of the journey, and so that I was going to ask you about that. So you get Unforgiven, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, amazing. By the way, brilliant, amazing. Talk about it. Talk about an acting class, right? I sat on set. I never left. Do you, okay, so that was, as far as second acts go, that was a, a an actual coherent, like, this is a next act. Well, yeah, yeah. I as mean, you know, artist, I, did, as far as I a, did star in the movie with them, but I was there quite a bit. And, you know, I had some good scenes in the movie, but it was yes, just. You did. Yes, you did. Don't you know. Don't. It was just really a great, you know, to sit back, to sit and watch Hackman and Morgan Freeman and Eastwood and Richard I Harris. I mean, that was special. And to be in a movie that won an Academy Award. I mean, so special, right? Do you think, and I, and I, I, I can just share with you, um, peop, I, so I was in A Star is Born, but I was cut out. Uh, but I worked for two weeks and my, my role was on the cutting room floor, but I don't know if this is similar to you. I never left set. And I did a show with Bradley Cooper. So I knew him because we did kitchen confidential together, right. but I okay. thought, and I don't know if you, did you think, okay, this is it. Like now I'm going to be honestly in movies because I could be <laughs> shamefully honest. I really thought like, okay, this is, this is it. Like, did you have that feeling? Like, okay, no. I, you know what? I didn't. I really didn't. <gasps> I, I, I just, I knew that I was in something special, but I didn't feel like, you know, for what I did in the movie, that you know, it was like, okay, I'm just gonna burn down to Hollywood now. People are gonna offer me movies, but I do have a moment where I felt that, uh, like, I a, a little farther on in our story, I'll tell you when I felt you know, that. Okay, you have to tell me that, and tell me about that moment on Unforgiven. What, what was the uh, moment? Tell me what happened. Okay, so. Well, the moment on Unforgiven for me was just, um, man, just absorbing, learning, listening, just like, listen, it's, it's a, emulating, you know what I mean? Like, I took everything I could from, from Gene Hackman, the way he carried himself on set, the way, he, the way he confidently created his character, the way he was, like, just, like, that's who I've always wanted to be. Like, people always say, oh, man, don't you wish you were Tom Cruise? I'm like, no, man. I want to be Jeff Bridges. I want to be Gene Hackman. Like, I'm those are the guys, I'm man. Like, Christ, if I could play, if I could be the character in Crazy Heart, are you kidding me? Oh, stop it. Come I, on. 
There, there you go. Now, if you said, Lachlan, when did you find the moment? I'd go, well, Bonnie, I could quit the job now because there you go. Okay. That is my example that I always say. It's not like um, the beautiful, no, that's not, that's not, it's, it's that, it's that, uh, take my heart and step on it. Love that. I love that. Did you have any moments where you were really scared? Like when Clint, I'm just curious when, is it, Oh, oh, this is a good question for the audience. Is it true that he doesn't say action? And is it true that he just leaves, leaves you alone and, and, and like, it's just, that sounds bananas to me. Tell me what it's like when you're shooting with him. So here's a couple of um, things that happened that I'll never forget. So yes, he stands beside the camera. He doesn't stand in front of a monitor. He may not, he may do that now. He didn't then stands beside the camera and he goes, go. That's what he does. How do you hear him? He just says, go. Everybody's, everybody's quiet. Yeah. Oh, that I've never been on such a respectful, quiet set in my entire life. And then he just goes, uh, okay, uh, cut. And then he looks over at his DP. Cause I remember his DP was Jack Green. He goes, Jack. And Jack sits in front of the monitor. He goes, yeah, Clint look good. Okay. Let's move on. Like, there's no, like you were 12 hour days. That's it, man. That movie. Like Did you ever say, well, I, I mean, I, God, this is, I, I mean, I mean, do you, do you, I, you want to say like, can I go again? Or? No, I, I didn't because, you know, I was still pretty, I mean, I wasn't like I was really green, but I was like, I, I'm not going to question Clint East. I'm like, yeah, I'm just, he, great, yeah. he, he thought it was good. Like, and I'd watched him up until then. Like, I mean, he didn't really tell Hackman or any of those guys what to do. They like. <sighs> that uh, makes me nervous hearing that. Like, oh just, gosh, just you're I, so great. And then, and then uh, I remember, um, one of the camera operators that he would always stand beside, his name is Steve Campanelli, who's gone on to actually direct some pretty cool movies. Yeah. Very, very well known. He still operates for Clint. Like he's Clint's guy, right? right. And he's a Canadian guy. And he came up to me, he goes, hey, uh, so uh, when you did your scenes, I improv a little bit. You know, I was just creating a character. I was just naive enough to improv, right? Like it's like the young Canadian guy is going to decide that he's going to improv in Clint Eastwood. Not naive. I think it's freedom when you're on a set where you feel free, right? Okay. So um, he looked at the, he looked at Steve Campanelli after he called cut of one of my scenes and he goes, you know, uh, do you know the the kid with the chiclet teeth? I I really like his energy. <laughs> so Steve Campanelli told me that. But and then the other the other um, story about that one, Bonnie, is yes. um, the famous scene when he walks in to avenge uh, Morgan Freeman's death inside yes. the bar, mm-hmm. and he walks up to the uh, bar and he goes, "Who's the fella that owns this shit house? You fat man, speak up." Do you remember that? Oh, yes. My. Okay, so I watched him at that point of how the shooting sequence of the movie, I'd only seen Clint in a t-shirt and jeans. He went off set to transform into William Money and he came back and he did that scene with the brim low and he looked up in the shadow of his eyes and I was standing behind the operator when that happened because I was in that scene. Yeah. And man, the hair on the back of my neck stood up when he did that scene because I went, oh my God, there's Clint Eastwood. Like, there he is. So did he have, because people always ask me about when I'm acting and I, I have some actors I've worked with that do, did he have that like true uh, one character uh, when you're being yourself and then one character where you're like, okay. shit's on? Yeah. Totally, because I, the first time I met him, I was shocked. I thought I was going to meet Dirty Harry. I thought I was going to meet that guy. And he was I like, met a nice really- grandpa. 
right? I just met a really soft-spoken man who didn't, like his demeanor was always the same. He just was like so confident, right? Like just, man. So he's so magnetic because he's so confident. And so then the funny thing is, is in the scene, he goes, anyone who doesn't want to get shot better go on out back. Right. And so all of us young cowboys that were the ones who part of like, you know, the group that, you know, cut up all the horrors at the beginning, we ran out the back. And That's so a I great quote, I'm going to, can I use that quote for uh, Dave for our Instagram post? The ones who didn't want to cut up all the whores for the <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, well, yeah, we were the ones of the group. That, that's why those whores hired William Money to shoot kill us all, right? That's right. So he comes back, and, and, and so so I went up to Eastwood. <laughs> I went up to Eastwood. I swear to you, and I said, you know, Clint, I actually was hiding behind the post right there, and I had a beat on you, and I think I probably could have taken you out. And he looks. <laughs> Bonnie, he looks at me and he goes, maybe next time. <laughs> Bravo. Right? That's balls. You got to, you know, you, you, you having even that connection, you know, sometimes you got to just go for it. Maybe That's next awesome. time. Awesome. Oh my God. I love that story. Crazy. So let me ask you, so, after you've had that directing as a fellow actor, um, do you feel like, is that, was was that better or or like or or what's the ideal way to be directed or was that just a special Gosh, you know it's funny you say that because you know as an athlete I love to be coached right like I love coaching I'm you know I like I like um training uh, yeah I like I do I love to to hash things out and get perspective and ideas and you know but I do respect guys and I've heard Rob Reiner's like this I don't know but he's He's someone who doesn't really direct too much. He just keeps you on the path, right? So Clint, if he sees something that felt felt like it was off the path, as far as even with all the other actors, I could see him just grow up and it would just be a calm, quiet conversation. And then that was it. But there wasn't much of it. Like there wasn't much of it. He he basically was a guy that kind of hired people to do to to create those characters and and he trusted them to do it. And that's not to say, like, I mean, I, I've been fortunate to do, to be in, you know, and it's not always shows that I've been the regular casting, but um, some certain episodics that I've done, I've really enjoyed and, and it's been a creative process. Um, but, but you're right. It's like, some are when, just a job. Yeah, exactly. I always say you that. Know, I got to tell you, I did an episode of without a trace sometime in the mid two thousands and it was fucking phenomenal. Excuse my language. It was. Oh, my God. The Canadian man curse. Can we put that on a loop? <laughs> Say it again. Fuck, 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 It was one of the most enjoyable projects I've ever done. The character I, I created. And, and um, uh, uh, Anthony LaPaglia. Man, oh, my God. That is phenomenal, right? I, I had the same thing. I, I, I did an, I did an episode of SVU law and order. It was on my bucket list. It was one of the most unbelievable create, not only creative, but I said to all my acting friends that I kind of coach, I said, mm -hmm. it made me feel a little bit ashamed because I've been on shows where, you know, I kind of have phoned it in, or maybe I wasn't that nice to the guest. I'm honestly, or, 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 or going through, stuff i could not believe marishka hargitay's commitment to detail i could right. not believe how welcoming how 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 and and the fact that she's what 13 years oh, i don't know 13 and and she is 
everything is important. And I was like, you know what? That was one of the best acting I've ever done because of her. Right. And I've been the leads of shows. It, right. I, I mean, she, her quality was, and made, yeah, me, made me better. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, and, you know, people always say, oh, what, you know, out of all the stuff you've done, what, and I go, man, I got to tell you, I've been very fortunate to work a lot, but I really do go back to that one episode of Without right. a Trace because it was such an amazing character and the way it was shot, it was so filmic and, oh, it was and just so good. care, because it, it, right. you and I are old timers and like sometimes it is a job and like, look, we got to pay the bills, you know, you absolutely. have kids, but sometimes those jobs happen. So, okay, wait. So after Unforgiven, so unlike me, you didn't think that you're going to be on the cover of Vanity Fair. <laughs> you're not as vain as I am. Yeah. Um, did you, so that was, but that was an act change, right? That person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, I mean, you know, as far as my, um, as far as uh, I go, that was, uh, like you know, that was a difference between playing in the AHL and playing in the NHL. Oh, <laughs> So that, for me, right? So, so after that, at this point, you're were, were you all in with the acting, and yes. you like you were like, yeah. okay, I'm all in. Yeah, yeah. At that point, I don't around. Been. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, and I was all in before that point as well. You know, as soon as I, as soon as I got the lead on my Canadian show, and the great thing about that Canadian show was that it was a great way to learn without being put on the stage, like. American television, like, you know, cause I started out in the industry up here with Priestley, with Jason. Right. So, you know, I, I we used to go out on set on 902 and 0 and hang out. Wait, 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 but, sorry. You just, you just under your breath went, I started out with Priestley, you know, Jason, I will have, you know, my very second job I ever booked was 902 and 0. No, yes, well, there you but go. I to, but I got to play Dylan's girlfriend. Oh, Lukey Luke, hey. But you just, you just, do you play hockey with Jason? Of course you do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you, and Michael Vartan? Yes, I've played with Michael before, yeah. Anyway, you just, but, but. Um, yes, so, yeah, so, so you know, Jay, Jay when Jason, when Jason got that show, I mean, we were all, like, all of our young group of guys that hung out all the time, you know, we were like, man, Jay got the show, and, you know, but then, you know, it was such a big stage, so for him. Bananas. Right. For him, you know, he was he was still learning and moving and dipping his toes. And but he had to do it in front of the world. I got to do it in front of Canadian television fans. Right. So I, there was lots of room for me to make mistakes and, you know, learn from it. And just so it was a great learning thing for me, that TV show. And so but that was when I knew I was all in. Then Unforgiven came and then I started to make my way into uh, down to L.A. And so the very first show I ever booked in LA was the TV show Blossom. Oh! <laughs> and Bill Bixby directed it. Oh my God. Yes, Bill Bixby. He was, he was sick with, his, with the cancer at that time. And he actually passed away five days later. Yeah, because he directed it. I remember him. He was pretty sick. And so he directed it from a couch, you know, like the sitcom world where they're where they're in the, the booth downstairs or wherever the hell they are in the basement. They talk to you over the loudspeaker. And, and, that, yeah. and that connects to my dear friend, uh, Jesse Bochco. Right. Bixby mm -hmm. was in that world. Right. Yeah. Wow. wow. So that was your first. OK, so here. Mm -hmm. we, so this act is so. so here we get to. Now we're working in yeah. 
the US. So now I'm in now I'm in LA and now I now feel you're like in LA I and you're doing made it. my way a little bit into the bigger leagues, right? Yeah. Right. Well, Not that you know, because I was doing American television in Vancouver as well, but you know, it just felt different. It felt different to be in LA and actually booking jobs as an actor, you know. So what was your what was your like what was your like absolute like like was there a moment that was like I say, but like for me, like was there a moment in betwixt any of this that was mm-hmm. like absolute besides breaking your leg and mm-hmm. not playing pro hockey mm-hmm. and let's just eh, no big deal. MBD, as the kids yeah. say. Was there a moment in this point with the acting that was like um like uh like me? I always tell everybody like testing for shows, movies didn't get him, didn't get him, didn't get him. Tons of rejection. Do you remember mm-hmm. like was there a moment that happened to you that was just like oh shit like like you know what I mean like how do I keep going do you remember one was there a pilot was there was there something well like when you finally because you were working gosh, you know I gotta tell you Bonnie you know the one thing about like for me coming from a competitive um athletic background you know like I I don't I've never like I see maybe my success for me came from the fact that I, you know, every time I, that happened, it may, it drove me harder. I didn't, I never like, it never like, cause I was, you know, I remember the first, I, I remember the first thing that I ever really read that I put down and went, Oh my God. And it was Shawshank Redemption. Uh, I put it on the table and I went, that movie is going to win an Academy Award. Top 10 movie for me, Desert right? Island. That's I was That's basically between myself, Gil Bellows, and another guy to play the, the young uh, oh, guy. Do you know, Gil and I started an acting class together, Sandy Marshall, 20 years ago. Gil and I did hit our very first movies together in mm-hmm. Vancouver, in Canada, right when he won the freaking uh, visa lottery. Are you still friends with him? I don't. I, I mean, yeah, when we oh, see each other, we talk. I don't know him that well. but 20 years ago, when I was a waitress, I saw him on stage and he was just... Fabulous. But you know what? That's an interesting point. Like as a, as an athlete, right. You know, for people that are like listening and, and, and a lot of people send me questions like, how did you get over this? How did you get over that? Right. right. That's, that's an interesting point. Like that really toughens you up. Like if you can't right. get up another day, right. you're never going right. to make it as an actor. Right. And also too, you know, your, you know, your determination, um, like when it comes to athletics, you know, to, to be at the level of the, the hockey I played, there's got to be a, a an innate um, determination um, uh, and just a commitment and and uh, and so I never like it takes a lot to deter me. Yes, I get down. Of course, you put you wear your heart in your sleeve every time you go in and for a meeting, right? And some meetings you're like, oh man, I just so love to play this character, and you get close, you get close, and then they go, wow, they went a different way, right? But you know, I, for throughout my whole career though, I don't, I just feel like every time that happens, it's just another. Do you think uh, that's what hockey, do you think that's what your early years, like yes, what hockey taught you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think so too. It's like, you know, people say like, Oh, how did you, how do you get through this rejection? I'm like, you know, I was a model, or not a good one. I left mm-hmm. home at 18. I had a record deal. I, I moved to LA with $500 and I got rejected for so long. And I truly think that that is, that's helped me kind of deal with, you know, like deal with it. Cause. Well, it's interesting you say that, you know, like our journeys and stuff, because, you know, I'm on a, 
TV show called Riverdale where all those kids. Yes, the, I wanted to get to Riverdale finally. Thank you for oh, bringing sorry. it up. Well, the, here's the thing. But what you said is interesting because all those kids on our show, pretty much that's the first set they've ever been on. I know. And they went from basically hypothetically Starbucks baristas to international TV stars. Well, that my journey has been way different, way different. Right? And what do you think about that? I mean, honestly, like me as an old lady, quote, I, I, I often say like some of those kids, like I don't know if they have the longevity that you and I have emotionally. And even yeah. like, you know, like looking at my friend's kids and my godchildren, there is a difference in like, it's so different than what you and I went through. Mm -hmm. Like they literally stepped into like, boom. Yeah. Yeah. And so they don't know now they, you know, I don't know, like, well, here's a, here's an amazing thing. They were lucky to have Luke to talk to throughout this oh whole God. building. Right. Yeah. Because Luke was basically as if, I don't know if you remember, yeah. but honestly, really, had you ever met a more gentleman than that man? No, honestly, I was my, and he was, job. and I've known Luke since we were 23 and, and to the day that he passed away and he was the same person he was the guy that he was the guy that hollywood could take it away from him and he would go play he would go work with his blacktop laying blacktop right he was just that guy i have to say uh luke perry god rest his soul i it was my second job i ever booked i had just gotten into the union i had three lines on two guys a girl in a pizza place i booked this job i played his girlfriend i had never kissed anybody i have to say he was the most loveliest and I remember his wife and kids visited and I was like envious and not in a bad way, but I was like, I want that. Like he was so concerned with how I felt. No, he was, he was that I, way. He was that way on Riverdale. You and know? that must've been so hard for you, the, the casting. What was that like? Oh, devastating, you know, devastating. Because he just, he loved life. He loved people. He loved his family, you know, I, you just feel so bad for That's people a like Luke accident. It was just a, it was, yeah, he just, it, he was fine. I mean, you know, like the only thing I ever saw, like sometimes Luke had a bit of a bad back and he hated, hated to fly between the cities because it hurt his back a bit, but you know, no one could ever, no one ever expected what happened, you know? God, it's like uh, life is just so mm -hmm. you gotta appreciate mm -hmm. everything, but yeah, he was an absolute gentleman to me. I was, so nervous. I, I just remember 90210 was like 21 Jump Street, you know, to me, my age. And I oh, was absolutely. on towards the end and I was so nervous and he was so amazing. And yeah. like, you know, I thought everyone was always going to be that amazing. Turns out they're not. Yeah. Not so much. No. So how do you feel about Riverdale, the whole experience? Like, the uh, whole well, I mean, I listen, the, the, it's, it's, you know, the people on the show are great, fabulous. I mean, you know, as an actor, you always hope to be a bigger part of things. Yeah. You know, the show's about the Ford leads, right? It's, it was when I was reading the comics, it was always Archie, Betty, Jughead, you know, Which uh, Veronica. You? Which one were you? So for me, you know, um, I, you know, I just yearn to do more all the time. I to, to just to, I want to contribute more, you know, um, but hard, I, you know. Is it hard being like you and I, like I've done jobs where now I'm playing, you know, the mom and sometimes, yeah. sometimes to be honest, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of, it was funny because at the table read of Riverdale, 
Luke and I looked over at each other and we were laughing because she was, yeah. we were both like, do you remember when we used to date all these girls? And now we're the dad. <laughs> but that yeah. said, we're not yeah. done. But honestly, I've had moments where I'm like, what? Yeah. You yeah. know, but, you know, but it's amazing to work and it's such a cult phenomenon. Like, yeah. No, I, yeah, listen, I'm grateful that the show's big. You know, it's as actors, right? You're, if, you, if your face stays out there, you just... It just I, three yeah. years out of work. I worked last year twice. I am like, I'll, you know, you know, but it's yeah. humbling, right? It's humbling. Yeah, for sure. You know, I and so I'm very grateful for the show. I mean, I would, you know, would I'd rather be number four than number 12 or 13? Yeah, of course. But of course, yeah. but you're still, um, you're still, you know, we're, like you said, we're not done. No, no. I, I like, listen, I, I feel like, yeah, I've just, uh, man, I'm not, I'm not there at all yet. So the I best come but what a great journey right like now we've got 30 years to peel back all of this dimension that we have and uh and then blow it up right yeah and hopefully hopefully we're going to get back to work are, are you guys shooting now with the covid or yes um everything starts back up here because when people come back to vancouver you have to quarantine for 14 days right so right. Um, most things up here start actual sh first shoot days are around the 18th so meaning that everyone had to be in town by the fourth to be tested. And, yeah. Sidebar yeah. though, sidebar for the people that listen and, and, and are so fascinated by my relationship. How have you stayed married and been married for 30, hundred thousand years as an actor? <laughs> that, just a little <laughs> advice for a 46 year old who's yeah. finally getting married. I, uh, I think. What would you, one, what would you say one. to an old 46 year old lady who's finally <laughs> tying the knot? Well, I think one of it is like, you got to have a lot of humor, right? And I don't know, I, you know, my, you listen, my, my wife keeps everything humble. She's just, you know, it's like every time I feel like a Brad Pitt, she'll tell me to go and, you know, take the garbage out, <laughs> cut the lawn or, you know, something like that. That's an amazing. We have horses. I help them clean up horse poo and the, you know, so I'm just that guy, but <laughs> what's that? You have horses? Yeah, we have a couple of horses. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter, my daughter's a rider. So. Oh, she is. So um, any hockey players? Yeah, my son plays hockey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. how do we feel about that? Well, I, you know, I just, uh, he's, he, he's pretty good at all sports. I mean, he, it, I just love the fact that both of my kids are active and, you know, I have no problem with obviously video games and stuff. It's just something I never did as a kid, but but I think it's fine. I just like to have them outside doing stuff as well. I, you know, I don't want my kids just attached to their phones and computers and televisions all the time. Right. So um, I'm happy that actually my son is actually up snowboarding right now with a couple of his friends uh, on Grouse Mountain. Do you know Vancouver that well? I, I love, can I tell you, I, I, I say to my fiance, I, I cannot wait to get a job in Vancouver and bring wow. him because he's never been and he's a skier. He grew up in Denver. Oh, Denver's beautiful um, too, right? Oh, yeah, but like I, Vancouver, he is going, I could move there, on, honestly, and I put this out there in the universe. Uh, I would love a job in Vancouver. Right. He would love it. It's such an amazing place, I think, to live yeah. and grow up and have kids yeah. because it's got everything. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing city. Mountains, ocean, uh, you name it. All right, it. Canucks or Kings? <sighs> Canucks, come on. I love I love hockey though. I listen. I'm a big fan of the NHL, but I'm a Canuck fan, right? Uh, Dave's a, okay. Dave just threw that question on the computer. So here's the part of the of the of the interview where I, I'm just going to ask a bunch of random questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you could Gosh, we could go on so much. I'm sure we know so many people. I don't even want to. Also, too, you and I have been in the same movie, young lady. Wait, we're not stopping yet. Dave, by the way, Dave edits what? What movie? Uh, Treasure Buddies. <laughs> you were a voice. I was a character. Because I've known Robert Vince forever. Oh. I've known the Vince's brothers forever, you know, until his brother passed away. But oh. um, Anna McRoberts. Robert Vince and I have been friends for so long. Oh, oh my man. God. Yeah. And you know what? And that's another area um, of acting, too, is the whole voiceover world. Yeah, it's been, I mean, I haven't done a lot of it, but whenever someone asked me to, I quite enjoy it. So we talked, oh, we just finished talking about your um, ridiculously successful marriage. <laughs> Not that I'm jealous. <laughs> I am jealous. Hey, look at you're, you, you still, you can still put in 30 years. Really? Of course God, you I'm, can. I'm 46, by the way, I'm 46, my fiance uh, runs marathons, just turned 50, has the body of a 30 year old. And, and now I'm inspired, but yeah, he says like, we got 30, 40 years. So I got to yeah, yeah. amp my game. But, um, so as part, uh, like the whole second act theory, like what is something else that you feel in your life is another mm -hmm. act that was like absolute life changer? Um, yeah, definitely the birth of my kids, you know, my first uh, child, my daughter, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just all perspective, right? All perspective. It, you know, it, it, it's amazing how much, as far as for me, Bonnie, how, how much that, um, created dimension in characters that I could create now, like just because of that certain energy or that certain thing that it gave me as a, as a human being by having that child. You know, um, I'm very interested in that because I don't have kids. So I'm actually fascinated with this. And I always ask my friends, I have five God kids. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but as an actor, just fellow actor, like mm -hmm. birth of your daughter, how many kids do you have? Two. Two. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, because uh, people, you know, everybody always says, oh, your life will change. You know, my mm -hmm. mom, you know, had me and like, you know, my dad wasn't in my life, but she always says like, I would do it all again right. uh, because you'll never understand. But like as an actor, that's an interesting question for me. Like what, like what, what was it about that, that you felt as an artist? Like how did that really actually affect you? As, not, not as a man, right. Right. As an artist. That's an interesting right. question. I think, I think it just, um, it opened up another window of, uh, of, of what I could bring two characters i think for me like, like vulnerability heart like, like the, that overwhelming uh presence of unconditional love is that is really a thing it I'm, is is it oh my gosh like yeah it doesn't my kids can screw up it doesn't matter like it's just this yeah so you think <laughs> that that as an artist did that make you more you know here, here's here's also too bonnie you know the funny thing is is that um it also made me, as an artist, mm -hmm. it made me work a little harder. Is that just because of the money that you had to support? Just, just, yeah, in a sense, like it made me work harder at creating better characters. It made me, it made me do my job better because I felt exactly that. I'm, I'm, I'm a one-income family, and I'm like, okay, so I'm going to make sure that I'm the best I can be all the time. And do you think it was also like now forget? not only the one income family, but like 
because I, I, I feel this not the same as a mother, but right. I, I feel this like I want uh, the people I love to be proud of. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's and as that well. motivates me now. Yeah. yeah, that that as well. Yeah, for sure. All right. I want to ask you a few questions. Ready? Who is and you could pass. Right. But I don't want you to pass. OK. OK. Who is the best hockey player amongst the actors that you've played with? Me. <laughs> good answer. Sorry. There's some pretty good ones, you know, like Matt Perry, Dave oh, Cooley. I did maybe. friends with Matt Perry. David Kelly's actually pretty good. Is he? Yeah. He, How he, Michael you know, David Kelly was the captain of his hockey team in Princeton. Wow, fancy yeah. man. How was Michael Vartan? Because he was really into it. He was okay. I mean, you know, here, here's the thing. These are all guys that can skate and that played like minor hockey and stuff. But, you know, I just, oh, oh, you know, there actually is one guy that I don't, that I haven't played with. But he actually played years later on one of the junior teams that I played with. And his name is um, Taylor Kish. You know, the kid from uh, Friday Night Lights with the long hair, you know, yep. he would probably be someone who's pretty good, I would imagine. I love, um, but I love yeah. your answer you. Okay. But, but I've always been lucky to be picked first. Let's put it that way. Canadians, so humble. Okay. Being <laughs> that you've had so many acts, athlete, musician, husband, dad, actor, soundtrack, you've done all, the same as me. Okay. What is the one thing, like, like we said, we're not done yet. What is the one mm. thing creatively that you want that you have not done yet? Um, definitely to tell us, to tell the story, to, to, to be able to tell a story of the movies that I've been moved by this, that I want creatively to touch people the way that I've been touched in some of my favorite movies. And now do you mean, because I, I, I want this, that too. Do you mean, uh, role of, uh, writer, director, actor, or, or just oh. or producer? What, what role would you mm. like to? Well, I think for me, uh, I think my, my best asset right now would be to probably perform, you know, I mean, yes, I would, I think I'm ready to direct. I really do. Um, writing, man, it's amazing to me, Bonnie, right. To think how many scripts we've read over our careers, but yet when I sit down to pen something, I'm like, I don't, where do I start? Well, it's like, I've read a million freaking scripts and I'm like, where do I start? How do I write out um, an intro into my first act? Lachlan, right? I, I have this idea that Dave and I are writing, my fiance and I are writing that Angie yeah. has heard about for so long. And uh, our first date, Dave was like, uh, let's do it. People are like, why haven't you done it? Same. It's like, how do I... I, I, I know I can do punch-ups. I can, I can do jokes. How come I, Absolutely. 30 years, so I can't funny. I can take a scene in a script while I'm on set and go, hey, what if we did this and did that? And it's like, hey, it's pretty good. Because but man, to start from scratch, that's why it's always funny, you know, when actors go, ah, so the struggle is killing me. You know what? I'm just going to write my own thing. And I'm like, okay. But you well, know what? That's not our... Okay, so here's a question. Uh, yeah. That creative story that you want to tell that has moved mm -hmm. you, mm -hmm. what if you could pick one of the stories or genres 
above all, if somebody said, okay, Lachlan, I'm going to give you this money, I'm going to do. And I know, I know that's a tough question because I feel like we're alike. Like I, I have like music. What would be the story that you would want to tell star in? I I don't know. It would have to be a, a human struggle and a, and a, um, you know, the first movie that I can remember, um, that really moved me before I ever even thought about being in the movies. Let me was, guess. Um, was Midnight Express. Oh. Like unbelievable, right? That that human, like being put in a Turkish prison and, and just surviving. Like I wasn't, I wasn't, and I didn't like, I never had drama where I grew up. I didn't know what acting was, but I remember that movie. And I remember talking about that movie and I was the only one in my group that ever talked about movies. Everyone else would go, you know, it's like, oh, went to the movie, had some fun, went down to the park, have a beer. Let's talk about some girls. Let's talk about this. I'd be talking about the movie. That's like me growing up in Brooklyn. I mean, I didn't grow up where you grew up, but I grew up in Flatbush, which is, is, it, it was a small town in a, in a, nobody was an artist. It was like, you're a jock or, uh, or, or you get married Yeah. And, and nobody, these artistic questions. It was just mm-hmm. like, I was, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think that's also part of why we're probably seekers, right? Yeah. You know, like yeah, we're seekers. For sure. Yeah. You have an amazing attitude. And I think, again, this goes back to like the whole second act thing. You and I have had many acts. We've had mm-hmm. rejection. We've had failure. You, you've had, you know, breaking your leg. I've had dropped record deals. Like, I just mm-hmm. think it makes us better. And so, I always tell people that's kind of how I'm still standing. You know right. what I mean? Is that yeah. we've been through it. Totally. Yeah. No, I just, yeah, I can't, I'm just sort you of. You have um, an amazing attitude. And I don't say this just because you're Canadian. <laughs> you know what the thing is? I've always been definitely, I've, I've always uh, definitely been a half, a half glass full person. Right. Good. Always, always, even yeah. in, and even when you face adversity or whatever, I've always kind of just dealt with it like that. So I don't know, maybe I've got a bit fortunate. Maybe that's something I inherited from my family. I don't know, just my personality, but. That's, that's amazing. And that's part of why I'm doing this podcast is because it's like, you know, I was at the lowest low right. and I just was like, God, and, you know, never thought, I mean, engage, like, yeah. You know, my life has changed so much. Yeah, it's so amazing. great talking to you. <laughs> You're awesome. Oh, so are you. Tell everybody where they can find you, please. Where they can find Twitter me? Twitter and Instagram, yeah. Well, oh yeah, well, I don't know if they want to find me. I'm not very good at that stuff, but Oh, you're pretty. Uh, it's always it's always just my own name, Lachlan Monroe. Lachlan. Lachlan. So, here's a here's a little tidbit. Okay, so my first name is Richard. My middle name is Lachlan. Uh, my grandfather was Lachlan. My dad was Richard. So I was born um, kind of going as Lockie. And then my mom decided that she wanted me to be a Richard Jr. So I actually spent a lot of my childhood as Ricky. Ricky, yeah. And then when I was getting into the film industry, my uh, agent found out that my middle name was Lachlan and that I'd been, that I'd gone by Lachlan before. And that is where I switched back to my middle name. But the real spelling of my middle name is L-A-U-G-H-L-A-I-N. 
That is the Scottish spelling. The way that I spell it is a little more Irish, but, but phonetically, that's how people can pronounce it because forever I've always got Laugh Lane or Loglin. Well, it is a very sexy name. I'll Thanks. tell you one small anecdote. I was doing a movie with Jerry Butler. I played his sister and he's <laughs> Scottish and I'm half yeah. Scottish, Irish, Scotch Irish. Yeah. And um, I was trying to like meet him and I was like, trying to be all buddy buddy and I was like hey I'm Scottish you know uh yeah Bonnie Somerville right like um and I thought Somerville was such a cool name Bonnie is obviously Bonnie last it's not cool but I thought Somerville was a cool name and he was like I can't do the accent you can um but he was like basically it's like Smith in Scotland like it's not like there's S-O-M-M, there's S-U-M-M, yeah. but it's not a big deal. And I thought my entire life it was special, but he was like, oh, no. That's so and also Bonnie Lass, not that special. You know, I have a funny Jerry Butler story because we were shooting the movie um, Dracula 2000. <laughs> and we were on the movie, we were shooting it, and we were all like, who the fuck is Dracula? Like they hadn't cast Dracula yet. <laughs> So I'm on there with Omar Epps and Danny Masterson and Jennifer Esposito. All these people were like, so who's, who's, who's Dracula? They're like, Oh, we haven't found one yet. Then finally one day the director goes, we found our Dracula. We're like, who is it? They go, well, he's a Scottish guy. He just finished playing um, uh, Attila the Hun in a miniseries. And we're like, okay. Yeah. What's his name? His name is Gerard Butler. And we're like, okay. So the first day I meet him, I just was like, are you kidding me? You're a handsome Scottish was rogue. Was this after 300? Oh, this before. There's no one knew who he was. Oh, so he didn't have the body, though. He No, he. I mean, he was, you know, he's tall and lean and yeah, but absolutely he, charming and, you know, like everything Jerry is, right? Yeah, he but, is. Uh, but yeah. How do you know the movie I did with him, he didn't have that 300, like he had like a poach. Oh, and yeah. He, and he would joke about it. And I would make jokes and go, I thought I was playing the sister of, you know, like, where's that guy? You know yeah. what I mean? But yeah, he, he's a great guy. But yeah. I thought my whole life, Bonnie Somerville, and, and I thought he'd be impressed. And he was like, oh, last night, I can't yeah. see it. I can't. It's not that great. It's not that great. It's he's not like, that great, Bonnie. See, <laughs> wait, do a little go, go. As we as we end this podcast, give me a little... um. Say something nice to me as we end in in the Scottish accent because I love it so much. You got it. Go ahead. Action. Bonnie, it's been great talking to you. And I hope that we can do it again sometime soon. You're wonderful. Oh, oh God. Don't be jealous, babe. Don't be jealous. <laughs> hey, Dave's from Denver, man. He's got nothing to be no, jealous. No, but he's Scottish. Dave McLean. Oh, I love that. McLean. You know, John McClane was the lead in Die Hard, right? Uh, you know, it's funny that you say oh, that. Okay, hang on. We were, hang on. He's, right? point, he's pointing at me to end this podcast to make Dave, my fiance, happy. We had an argument on Christmas Eve. Is, oh. is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not? No. <laughs> oh! Sorry, Dave. Sorry, Dave. No, no, it's not. Thank you, Lachlan. (laughs) Thank you.
That was awesome. I love that guy. He's so honest. He's so such a warm and honest and kind and insightful human being and so down to earth. And I love telling you these stories um, with actors and, and so that you could hear the other side of like what actually happens, what we go through and how it's so not glamorous and how it's so hard and, and sometimes devastating and then sometimes so unbelievably just like such a high. Um, I cannot wait for his new series. Watch for him. He has a leading role on this new HBO Max series called Peacemaker, which looks amazing. And uh, this is a good example of you just never know. I mean, you know, you break your femur bone and then you join a band and you start a, you know, you start acting and you audition and the next thing you know, you're on 21 Jump Street. I mean, who knows? Who knows what your second act is going to be? That's why you got to keep going. I hope these stories continue to inspire you. Don't forget to give me that review so I could keep going. And don't forget to download and subscribe. And also follow me. Uh, again, it is second underscore act underscore podcast. Send me your questions. And I hope that you all have an amazing day and you're happy and healthy. Lots of love. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.